What's going on, everybody, and welcome into this edition of Be Shafe Daily. I'm Brendan Schaefer joining you on this Thursday evening, June 29th, 2023. And tonight, we're going to have a difficult time. <laughs> we're talking about a 14 nothing. That's right, 14 nothing. Cardinals lost to the Houston Astros to wrap up the midweek series as the Cardinals, after winning game one on Tuesday, end up dropping the series two out of three to Houston. An Astros team that coming into this week at Bush Stadium was not faring particularly well. well. They found their stride Wednesday and Thursday, and Thursday it comes at the expense of Adam Wainwright. And that's going to be the primary topic of conversation tonight as we explore the topic of what do the Cardinals do at this point with Adam Wainwright, the 41-year-old franchise icon starting pitcher who has given so much to this organization, has authored so many indelible Cardinals moments throughout his long and storied career in St. Louis. Well, guys, he's struggling this season for the Cardinals, and it happened again on Thursday night, and it is certainly getting worse rather than better when it comes to the degree to which Adam Wainwright is taking it on the chin right now. If you look back over his previous few weeks prior to the London start against the Cubs, Adam Wainwright was honestly never elite, never electric, never looking like even a version of his old self, but he was getting by. Five innings, three runs, five and a third, three runs, five and two-thirds, three runs, And then a couple of weekends ago against the Mets out there in New York, six and a third, three runs. So that was actually a quality start. Those have been few and far between for Wayno this season. I think that may have been his first, actually, first and only. But it was like, all right, you can get away with that. And realistically, when you go five-plus innings and allow three runs, you're at least giving your team a chance to win. It's not ideal. It's more indicative of a number five starter in a rotation, but... For a period of four starts in a row, what Adam Wainwright was giving the Cardinals was genuinely a chance to compete in those games. Well, that simply has not been the case over the past couple of starts. The London start, obviously, against the Cubs was brutal. Three innings, 11 hits, seven runs, all earned. Didn't strike out a single batter. Uh, And, uh, well, Thursday wasn't any better. Adam Wainwright cannot get out of the second inning in Thursday's game against the Astros Gave up six hits, six runs, all of them earned. And now you're starting to begin to talk about some uncharacteristic things going on with Wayno. He walked three batters in this start, which you just don't usually see from him. It had been since May 18th against the Dodgers that he had walked as many as three batters in a game this season. I think it's the only other time it's happened. Well, tonight it happened again over his last two starts, one total strikeout. He hasn't topped three strikeouts but one time since the 12th of May. The numbers for Adam Wainwright this year have been bad. And after a lot of the negative energy and commentary that he received following the blow-up in London, Wayno at least temporarily deleted his Twitter account. We talked about that on B-Shape Daily. He's now got Twitter back, but tonight did not inspire a different result. And now you're seeing a lot of the same conversation flowing from social media about what a lot of people are perceiving could be the end of Adam Wainwright's career with the Cardinals. Now, if you watched the post game tonight on Valley Sports Midwest and you heard from Wainwright and Ollie Marmel, it doesn't sound like there are any plans in the works to pull the plug on Adam Wainwright at this point. 
but the ERA of 7.45 has Cardinals fans frustrated, and rightfully so. But what do you do about this situation? How do you react to it? How do you respond to it as a Cardinals fan when it comes to, and again, I don't think this is the end. We're going to see Adam Wainwright make a start five days from now. But when it comes to the end in terms of, like, we've known this is going to be the final season for Wayno, and we're not seeing it unfold the way anybody hoped that it would. And so how do you respond as a fan base, as an organization, like, and individually as Cardinals fans? What what do you think about this, and, and how is it making you – I hate to be like everybody's therapist right now, but honestly, I want to know how it makes you feel as a Cardinals fan because I've talked about growing up as a Cardinals fan I've explained on this show how that's not my role anymore. I'm, I, I now do this as a professional endeavor, and so I don't have those same biases that I grew up with when it comes to the St. Louis Cardinals. But there's one guy still on this team from when I was a kid, and it's Adam Wainwright. And so it's always been a thrill to me to get a chance to cover him. And I've always, you know, I'll be honest with you, I've always wanted the best for Adam Wainwright. That's not... You can say, oh, it's a, he's a homer. He's a fake, whatever. Grew up watching Adam Wainwright, and he has given so much to the Cardinals organization that I just hoped for him that he would get the opportunity this season to go out on his terms. That's not the way it's playing out through the first half of the, the 2023 campaign, and it's emotional. It's emotional for Adam Wainwright, certainly. If you saw him walking off the mound, you saw the interaction between Marmel and Wayno in the dugout, as Ollie said, hey, I wanted to reinstill in Adam Wainwright that we we still believe in him. We're, we're wanting to ride through this storm with him and, and come out on the other side of it because we still have his back. That was the way Ollie Marmel, as the manager tonight, decided to be a little more hands-on in the way that he approached it, try to hype Adam Wainwright up. Wainwright said after the game, like none of, none of the things he said, and I didn't know this for sure, that it would be the case until after the game had ended, but none of the things he said or Ollie Marmel said told me, oh, he's about to to give in. He's about to give up, go out gracefully. You know, whatever you thought might happen after watching him leave this game after an inning in two-thirds tonight, that's not going to be the way this is going to play out. Like I said, mid-game, I didn't know. It, it felt like very deflating. I've used that term. And, yeah, if you would have told me, as of like the third inning, that, hey, yeah, Adam, this is the last start for Adam Wainwright. I would have gone, wow, that is sobering. But I I watched the game, so I understand maybe where you're coming from with that if you're the St. Louis Cardinals. Or if you're Adam Wainwright to say, I just don't want to keep doing this anymore. I saw the tweet from Ben Fredrickson where he said, it's, it's hard for me to imagine that Wainwright would want to continue to go through, through with the way this is playing out, whether that's need a, a phantom IL stint, going into the All-Star break, kind of refresh, whatever that looks like. But this feels different. Ollie Marble said after the game, it's not like it's a physical, there's no injury that they they can outline, that they can pinpoint. Last September when he struggled, it was mechanics that he said, that you know, there's something with his stride length and things that uh, didn't notice because he wasn't as diligent as he should have been in his video review of his outings and was something that it took too long to catch it. But that was kind of the the narrative that was being spun when it came into, all right, the Cardinals are going to give Wainwright this one more uh, contract. He's going to go out after one more year in 2023. And I bought into it. I thought, yeah, you know what? He had a really good 2022 season. Even with the troublesome September, his numbers for the campaign were good. 
3.71 ERA, that's still pretty good. I think it's about better than anybody in the rotation this year. I think Monty is at about 3.5. But everybody else is above that mark. So, yeah, even though September was was a bad one for Wainwright last year, they felt like they had pinpointed why that was, and they were going to move forward expecting him to return to form. The same form, by the way, that he had held the previous three, four seasons. I hate it. One of the biggest pet peeves of mine is when I see people say, oh, Wainwright should have retired two or three years ago. You don't know ball. You're not watching the games. You don't even have access to Google, apparently, if you feel that way. Just look at his numbers over the previous few seasons. 2020, the COVID year, he was their best starter. He was an absolute rock for this rotation. Had a 3.15 ERA. 3.05 in 2021, and then last year, 3.71, which would have been closer to that 3.0 mark had he not had the the bad September. But all of these things kind of running through my head as someone who, like I said, at the beginning of Wainwright's career, I was a Cardinals fan, and now I am a, a writer, podcaster, talking about this team on the radio, those sorts of things. Different role. I don't have the same biases that I used to, but man, when it comes to Adam Wainwright, It is emotional to me. I want to see him do well. I want to see him get a chance to have that storybook ending to his career. But right now, it's not playing out that way. And so I want to know from you, Cardinals fans, how does it make you feel? I'll be the therapist of Cardinals Nation if I need to be. Sound off in the comments section here on YouTube, as that's going to be mainly what we talk about tonight here on B-Shape Daily. And if you're not listening on YouTube or you prefer another alternative, Spotify is a great option. Follow B-Shape Daily, the podcast on Spotify, or you can subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts. Once again, we're B-Shape Daily. But above all else, please do subscribe on YouTube. If you like the chance to be able to uh, to comment, interact with me, I'm always looking at these comments, trying to reply to them as I can, let y'all know that I hear you out there. But this is one in particular that I am very curious. I get it. If your comment is, Wainwright should retire, Wainwright's Old and busted. I mean, I have seen some things on Twitter tonight. I have seen some things. And I am very much nearing the end of my rope on being able to gracefully interact with some of the comments that I'm seeing. I tweeted out after Ollie Marmel said on the postgame show today that Wainwright would make his next start. That was, you know, a question that, okay, a number of things could happen here. Could the manager say, we're pulling the plug. We're going to give Steven Matz a, another shot in the rotation because tonight he looked pretty good in relief. Or maybe Jake Woodford, although he did not look particularly good tonight in relief. I believe Woodford gave up the same number of earned runs as uh, Alec Burleson. Yeah, Alec Burleson gave up a grand slam tonight. That's how things are going for the Cardinals. He did get his first career strikeout, though, as a pitcher. So good for Burley. After that strikeout, I wondered if maybe the Cardinals might decide to put him in the bullpen. Because, uh, yeah, well, there's a need out there. If you hadn't noticed, entire bullpen with an ERA north of four. That is still the case after tonight. But I tweeted it out after Ollie's comment because I was watching the postgame show. Wasn't at the game tonight. And the reason for that is, and I'll go ahead and explain it, I guess. You love my sidebars, right? I have lots of them on the show. But my radio show, the big show on KTGR, I co-host it with Andy Humphrey. That's in Columbia, Missouri. If you guys are Mizzou fans, you're going to want to check out that show in the fall as well. But that's. It's a radio show that runs from 4 to 6 p.m. For whatever reason, tonight's start time at Bush was 6.15. Usually it's 6.45. I guess the reason is the Astros have a getaway day, and so give them a little bit of extra time to get out of town. I don't know why it wasn't just a day game, but I digress. 
So an extra half an hour. And I kind of thought, you know, I could I could bust my hump after the 6 p.m. radio show ends and we've got a little a couple of loose ends we tie up after the show, get ready for the next day, those sorts of things. And I could bust my hump and get there by 7 o'clock like I usually do, but pitch clock era game might be in the, the fourth inning by then. And it about was bottom of the third, fourth inning by that time. And I kind of thought, I wonder if I do that, will Adam Wainwright still even be in the game? And I hated that I had the thought because, again, I'm pulling for the guy. I want to see him rebound from the way things are going. But I did have that thought, and ultimately I decided not to go because I just I wasn't ready to, to leave the house right away, and I just didn't plan very well. And I said, you know, I'm just scrapping it. My whole family was up at the bowling alley, so we went up there and hung out with the family a little bit as we watched the, uh, the carnage unfold for the Cardinals. I made the joke on Twitter that my family members that I was that I was watching uh, on their bowling team, they all had a strike in the fifth frame of one of the games. And at the bowling alley, when you get all a strike in the fifth frame, you win a free pizza from the from the snack bar. And so they got their free pizza coupon after uh, my uncle got his strike in the fifth frame to end the fifth frame for the team. And we all start cheering. And I thought, man, that's more exciting than anything happening at Bush Stadium tonight. So that's the reality of where things are for the Cardinals, though. But the tweet that I originally was talking about as I come full circle here on my endless stream of consciousness conversation was call me crazy, but I agree with that with Adam Wainwright getting the chance to make his next start. I said, call me crazy, but I agree with that. Why not? And as of this recording, I've got 77 replies to that tweet. And some of them are uh, agreeing with me. The notion that, you know, it kind of is what it is at this point for the Cardinals. They're nine and a half back in one of the worst divisions in baseball. If they weren't going to do it by now, are they ever going to do it? The season's half over. Some people see where I'm coming from with that. Guy's a franchise icon. Your alternatives are Jake Woodford or Steven Matz. And if you're penciling those guys into your rotation next year, well, you're probably going to have a redux of what's happening this year. And I get it. They have to figure out who's going to be in the rotation for 2024. But I would, and again, call me crazy if I am, I'd rather watch Adam Wainwright try to work through it, even if I can acknowledge that the odds are decreasing of that necessarily happening, of him figuring it out. Do I feel as confident about it as I did a month ago or two months ago or at the beginning of the season in the way I viewed Adam Wainwright coming into 2023? No. I feel worse about it. His ERA is 7.45. I can't ignore that. No one's saying Adam Wainwright's had a good season. If they're saying that, I don't even know what to say. They're not. Nobody's saying it. So if we're going to have criticisms, let's let's criticize things that are actually happening. When I, when I say why not have Adam Wainwright go out every five days the rest of the way, that's not me saying Adam Wainwright's been good and he deserves because of his good performance this year to continue pitching. That's not what I'm saying. It's more nuanced than that. Part of it is the Cardinals being nine and a half games back. The other part is them being 14 games below 500. Another part is the equity that Adam Wainwright has built up within this organization over the course of a very long and prosperous career. It's the kind of person Adam Wainwright is as well. The competitor that he is that I say, you know, I'm just inclined to go down with the ship on a guy like this. If I'm going to sink, I'm going to sink with Adam Wainwright. I've said before that I counted him out. 
back in 2018, whenever it was, where it just looked like, okay, it looks it looks done. Body's breaking down. He's not going to be able to figure it out. And he made some drastic changes there or around that time to be able to prolong his career and ended up having some really good seasons again for the Cardinals. But I said at that point, once he made that comeback, I said, I, I played the fool on this one. I was the fool. Not to believe in a guy that has earned every benefit of every doubt. And I said, I'm not going to do it again. I don't care what it looks like. And right now, if you were going to jump off the ship, now would be the time. Now would absolutely be the time as he's given up 13 earned runs in fewer than five innings over the past week of Major League Baseball. But I've committed to the fact that I'm not going to do that. And that's fine if you say I'm crazy. And my guy Brendan said, okay, you're crazy. Now, he was just having fun with me, but, uh, like, I understand it. If people just say, look, I cannot respect this take, that's a loser's mentality, and there's somebody that definitely felt that way. One of the replies came from uh, a fellow named David. I'll just read that one because we're having fun. It's a therapy session, like I said, tonight on B-Shape Daily. Subscribe on YouTube, by the way. Not all the episodes are going to be this sad, but I feel like this is this is what Cardinals Nation is talking about tonight, and we're going to try to sort through our thoughts on this one as best as we can. But David said, because you're a loser, that's why not. Because you don't know what it is to win. You don't understand competition. You think participation trophies are okay. Because you can never manage or run or never lead. So that was the thought process from David, who uh, does follow me on Twitter, at least for now, which is kind of hilarious, right? If I'm that terrible. (laughs) But he does follow me, so I retweeted that and said, thanks for the vote of confidence, Dave. And so folks are kind of having fun with that. Don't attack David, though. I think it's it's funny. When I get these kinds of comments, it does make me laugh. It also can frustrate me because you can read one tweet from somebody and say, oh, I know everything about you and what you stand for and what you don't stand for. And it's like, okay, that's cool. Glad we're uh, Glad we're all getting to know each other a little bit. Which, by the way, another kind of sidebar is why I like this podcast because what I can't explain in a couple hundred characters in a tweet And if 10 people will see that tweet, eight of them might think, oh, okay, you did a nice job of articulating yourself, but two more are going to argue with me and say, what the heck are you talking about? Because they didn't understand what I meant or whatever the case might be. It's hard. Twitter is a very difficult place to navigate and have real conversations about things. That's why I like this, because I could sit here with a microphone for an hour, and if I feel I'm not articulating myself effectively, I can say it differently. And you've got the time and the length and the ability to let it breathe a little bit and the, the tone, you can hear how I feel. And if you disagree with me at that point, that's fine too. Add B. Schaefer 12 on Twitter, or better yet, light me up in the YouTube comments section. That's cool too. And again, if you're on Spotify or one of these other apps listening to B. Schaefer Daily, do me a favor. Head to YouTube.com slash at B. Schaefer 12, the same at as my Twitter handle. You lop that onto the end of a YouTube.com slash, and you'll be right on my YouTube channel. Click that subscribe button if you're listening already on YouTube. Would love to have you subscribe because we do bring consistent boots on the ground Cardinals coverage all season long and into the off season is when it can get really fun. Uh, I, I haven't had a YouTube for more than a couple of months. This is the first season of doing this, but I can only imagine how interesting the off season can be when we get some trade rumors and we get some free agent rumors or even heaven forbid some free agent signings. You're going to want to be here at the Brendan Schaefer St. Louis Cardinals writer YouTube channel to soak all that in. But as I was mentioning when comparing the Twitter response to the opportunity to 
explain myself in the way I view it on a podcast. Those 70-some-odd replies to that tweet, certainly not the only Wainwright tweet I have sent of late, and I did kind of go back and forth with people tonight. If you want to check out my timeline, at for 12 on Twitter, I think it's a valid discussion of what the Cardinals do next with Adam Wainwright, but where I seem to come down on this issue is maybe just kind of let it happen. Let him try and work through this, even if you don't believe that the percentage chance of him successfully being able to navigate it is is high. And like I said, I'm not counting him out, so I'm I'm kind of sticking in that place of let's just see, but I can also understand why there would be skepticism over the notion that it's going to turn around because you're looking at the stuff and what he's able to produce at this point at age 41. The velocity's not there. He's sitting 87 with the fastball, right? With the sinker, I think they showed pregame 87. With the four-seamer, it's like 86, which I don't know if that's exactly correct. But even from where he had been, it seems like he's losing a bit of velocity. 88's pretty standard. And so you know what he's working with when it comes to that. But the arsenal of pitches, in conjunction with them not being thrown at a very high rate of speed, they, they're not getting the sharp movement, and the curveball in particular has not been effective for him during this downturn, which is really concerning because that's been the pitch that you know if you're Adam Wainwright you can rely upon. He's Uncle Charlie for a reason. And if the curveball isn't sharp for Adam Wainwright, you're throwing at batting practice speeds with pitches that don't move a lot and you don't have the hammer to bring, to bring down in any given count. His ability to throw that pitch anytime, any place, no matter the game situation over the course of his career has been what has made his career what it is. But if you don't have that pitch and you can't find it back, that is going to be a challenge. And I get that people will look at it and say, listen, it's a half a year gone by and his ERA is seven and a half. Now, bear in mind, he didn't pitch in April because of injury to begin the season, but it's a good sample size of close to two full months at this point, and his ERA is seven and a half. It's 7.45 after tonight. And the last two starts have been very discouraging. But there are a number of reasons why I am still of the camp to let Adam Wainwright try and ride the storm out on this. One is what I already said, is that I've already committed myself to not given up on the guy. It's not like I'm the captain of his cheering section or anything, but I'm just saying as a, as someone that analyzes the Cardinals, I'm going to recognize that I'll have a blind spot when it comes to Adam Wainwright, because I'd like to see him have the ending that he deserves to this career. Now there's a difference between admitting that and then turning around and saying, no guys, really Adam Wainwright's been good this year. If you just consider the fact, no, I'm not giving you that. I'm not blowing that kind of smoke. I'll still analyze what we're seeing, and I am seeing the same thing all of you guys out there are seeing when it comes to Wayno this season. It's not been productive. He's not been effective. And under many circumstances, you'd be looking to replace that guy with those numbers after two months in a rotation. But given the track record, which is part of it, as I mentioned, you lean toward wanting to see him work through it. The other significant factor in this is where the Cardinals are. I've used the phrase many times, you got to meet them where they live. Right now, they live in the cellar. They're in last place in the NL Central. They're in that position by a pretty considerable margin. 
They've had their moments where it seems like they might be able to rise out of the ashes, but for the most part, it's just been brutal. They're nine games below 500 at home. They've got a 413 winning percentage in the NL. The Rockies are worse than that. The Nationals are worse than that, but that's it. Those are the only two teams in the National League. In the American League, you're talking about the Royals and the Athletics, which we've long since known. But that's it out of the American League. So, I mean, you're fifth, sixth from the bottom in all of Major League Baseball as the Cardinals, which it's been worse than that at times this year. So kudos, I guess. But that's where the Cardinals live right now. And so if you're telling me that Adam Wainwright's been so bad that you need to remove him from the rotation because you've got to prioritize the future and giving opportunities to guys that can impact 2024 because you've just got to turn the page to that since this season is kind of a bust. Okay. If this season is a bust, which a lot of people will readily admit, but then out of the other side of their mouth, they say, and that's why you can't have Adam Wainwright throw again. All right. This isn't Kip Wells we're talking about, guys. I know he's pitching a little bit like Kip Wells this season, but this is Adam Wainwright. He's going to have one of those red jackets. The moment he's eligible for one, he's going to have it. So, yes, I think guys with that kind of history with an organization deserve a little bit of extra leeway. Call me crazy. There are elements of nuance to these scenarios. I do believe that. I do believe it goes beyond... We'd say the X's and O's in another sport, but that's really not the way you describe it in baseball. But it goes beyond the box score. Adam Wainwright's box score doesn't look good this year, and I don't think there's anybody out there, even his most ardent apologists, which maybe I am one of them. I don't know. I don't know how many of us there are out there. But even, I'm not telling you he's pitching well. I'm telling you that when you look at the nuance and the context, you can paint a picture that says, you know... You might as well just let him ride this out. The team situation is central to that. The Cardinals are not this team scrapping through a difficult season with a record of 39 and 41 or something where they're hovering just at or below 500 and trying to make a go of this thing. That's not where they are. If they were, you could say that running out a compromised Adam Wainwright every fifth day in 20% of your games the rest of the way to diminish the team's chances of climbing into a playoff spot isn't fair to the Cardinals. But the Cardinals haven't earned the notion that Adam Wainwright is holding back this team so we have to take him out of the rotation. That's not where the Cardinals are. Darn near everybody on this roster is holding back the Cardinals from a playoff spot. They're 14 games below 500. People are replying to my tweet to say, where I said, hey, why not let Wainwright continue? And they're saying, well, what? Do you want them to lose 100 games? Listen, if they lose a hundo, it's not because of Adam Wainwright. He's only pitching in 20% of these games. If they lose 100 games, it tells me, yeah, you could have replaced him you could have replaced him with Dylan Cease. You could, I mean, you could replace him with whoever you want. And they might win a bunch more games. You're talking, though, about the difference probably between losing 100 games and losing 93 games. Or whatever that difference ends up being. If this Cardinals team were bordering on looking like a contender, 
it's a much more difficult decision and conversation because you say, okay, track record, history with the organization, the equity that he's built up, those are all real things. How long do those things last, though, if he's the one holding you back or a significant part of what's holding you back from reaching the playoffs? That gets tougher, but he's not. They're all doing it. They scored zero runs today, Cardinals fans. They didn't score against J.P. France, who is on a fantasy team of mine, so kudos there. And he's actually had a nice year. But he goes seven scoreless innings without really striking anybody out. You're just kind of hitting into lame contact against the Astros' number four starter or whatever he is. Which, again, to his credit, he's done a nice job this season. But this team can't be bothered to score a run tonight, and they lose 14-0. Last night on Wednesday, when the team does put up seven runs, you remember, oh, yeah, the bullpen's bad. They don't have a single player in that bullpen, eight of them. Not one of them has a sub-4.00 ERA. Not one of them does. And it was Gallegos who happened to be the guy to draw the short straw, I guess, last night and, and blow that game. But they've all been guilty of it. You don't have an entire bullpen of guys with ERAs north of four without those guys, each and every one of them, failing to execute at various points of their season. So this goes much deeper than Adam Wainwright is holding the Cardinals back from a playoff spot. If it were closer, it's more uncomfortable than it is. But to me, it's not uncomfortable because I don't know that there's a decision to be made. Like I said, if you had Dylan Cease that you could throw in there, it still very well may not change the trajectory of this Cardinals season. But let's recognize the fact that they don't have that. They don't have a bona fide guy to step in. You'd be talking about putting Steven Matz back into the rotation, which people clamored to get him out. And I realize that Wayne right now, his numbers far worse than Matz's ever were as a member of the rotation. Matt's starting to find himself a little bit three and a third tonight, scoreless innings. Good to see. But like we're talking about Wainwright versus Mats or Wainwright versus Jake Woodford, who struggled again tonight. He, Woodford's not, he shouldn't be a starter for the Cardinals. He's got a 5.67 ERA. Mats is the one argument that you could make. He still walked three guys tonight, but didn't give up any runs. That's good. Missed some bats, had four strikeouts. That's good. ERA's below five for the season. We live for these little moments, apparently. But to clamor for one of those guys back in the rotation just so you don't watch Adam Wainwright anymore, I just don't, I can't get into that mindset. The part that's hard is if Wainwright's going to give up six runs every time he goes out there, eventually it does, there has to be a breaking point because the emotional side of it, how sad it is to watch him go out there and just not have it for as long as that would be if it happens for not just two starts, because right now it's just been a couple in a row that have been very, very bad. I mean, just untenable, unsustainable, can't happen. But it's only been two. But if that were to happen for like another month, I think Cardinals fans would go, listen, I love Adam Wainwright too much to want to continue to see this happening. And I think for a lot of people, they've already reached that point, even if it's only been two in a row. It's been a bad week to be in Adam Wainwright's corner because... It's painful to watch him not succeed and to not only not succeed, but to fail on the level that he has failed. And then to have the reaction after the games that he has had, where he just says, I let the fan base down. I don't know what else to say, but sorry, I have to keep trying to grind through this. 
But for Wainwright, he doesn't sound like somebody that's ready to give in. And so that's why I have phrased it to people in, in tweet replies tonight as I've kind of conversed with Cardinals fans about it before recording this podcast. For as long as Adam Wainwright is cool with it and wants to continue going through this because he sees the potential for light at the end of the tunnel, he he believes he can get to the other side of this, then for me, you let him continue through it because he's not the thing holding you back from being a playoff team. Lots of different elements of this roster are doing that. And I'd rather watch Adam Wainwright try every fifth day to have a magical moment than have to watch Steven Matz or Jake Woodford slog through it or Dakota Hudson if they wanted to give him a shot. I think with those guys, the upside is pretty well capped. You kind of know what you're going to get. With Wainwright, it very well may be the same thing, but I have seen a different level of upside from him. And I've seen it once before after I thought all hope was lost and he wasn't ever going to find it again. I think it's different this time because I don't think he's hurt. I think he's just where he's at physically and there are limitations on his body that are are going to be difficult to overcome. But I've seen him do it before and I'm willing to say because it's not the situation where he's costing them a playoff spot because look at this team, look at where they are, be realists about it. It sucks. It shouldn't be the way that it is for the Cardinals. But Adam Wainwright's not the only reason, far from it. So that's kind of the way that I look at it. There are a lot of elements to this. Maybe people don't like the nuance. They, In the same way that they want their pound of flesh with Ollie Marmol or John Mozeliak, they want it with Adam Wainwright. But my goodness, this is not the guy who you take a chunk out of just because you, you're mad about it. Some people are, are disagreeing with that, clearly, in the way that they're approaching this. But me and the number of comments, and I've seen some people say, oh, Adam Wainwright blocked me on Twitter. Yeah, it's no wonder he blocked you. Some of the things, uh, see, he should have retired with Albert and Yachty. Maybe that's your opinion, but that is a ridiculous thing, I think, to put out there. Especially if you're tagging Adam Wainwright in it, which maybe you're not doing and you're saying, holy crap, how did he find my tweet? Well, (laughs) yeah, maybe he's a little bit too deep into the weeds on some of this stuff. But I don't know, man. I think about what, the way I go through it when people give me crap on Twitter, I take that personally sometimes, even when I know I shouldn't. I try to have fun with it by reading the comments on here, having a laugh, but it's like the moment where you get that comment that it's not so absurd to think, oh, okay, this person just doesn't know any better, but it's like, oh, they've got a bit of a biting, cutting commentary. That touched deep. It doesn't feel good, right? It doesn't feel good, and I'm a nobody. But Adam Wainwright is a somebody, and his failure right now is being put on television and on display for thousands and, and millions across the world to see. And so to not take some of those criticisms to heart when you are doing this for your livelihood and for your life, and this is what you do, and then it gets very personal in the way that people attack you, I can understand how you'd you'd, uh, carry that close to the vest a little bit, how you'd take it more to heart than you wish you would. Because like I said, on a smaller scale, I've seen myself do that. And I can see this point of view as well, some of the stuff may not be all that vitriolic. Like people say, hey, man, I'm just saying he should have retired because he's not effective. All right, fair enough. That's not, I guess, the worst thing anybody could ever say to a person. But again, if you try to humanize it and think about how you'd feel if you were told that, you think, man, that that kind of stings for somebody to say that about me. And when those comments are coming in by the hundreds and thousands, even if the individual comments on their own are not all too damning 
I could understand how you'd feel kind of that mob mentality against you. Go, dude, I am not. In the case of Adam Wainwright, he could probably say, I am too old for this shit. <laughs> because he's gone through plenty, gone through enough to not have these errant lob shots from Twitter be the thing that impacts his mood and tears him down. But like I said, I thought we could potentially hear an Adam Wainwright tonight that was defeated and said, you know, I'm going to have to have some hard conversations with my family. And like, there were people that thought that maybe this was going to be the way this went tonight for Adam Wainwright after the game. It wasn't. Ollie Marmel made it clear in his press conference after the game that it, that was not on the table. That wasn't the way they were viewing this. And Adam Wainwright, when he spoke to the media as well, had that same thought process. So I'll play a little bit of Adam Wainwright here from Bally Sports Midwest on the postgame show to give you an idea of where the Cardinals franchise icon is after what's got to be one of the lowest points of his career after tonight's 14-0 loss to the Astros. Here's Adam Wainwright after the game. Talking about specifically the conversation that Ollie Marmel had with him, a bit of an impassioned exchange between the two where Ollie tried to reinstill some of the belief and confidence that he and the team still has in the veteran starting pitcher. Here's Adam Wainwright on that topic, courtesy Bally Sports Midwest. Yeah, it was good. I mean, I, you know, this, get my age, you just wonder sometimes if people have, have lost faith in you, you know, and uh, that's what he walked over and said he didn't. He hadn't lost faith in me and, and um, still believed I was going to finish strong and going to help this team win a lot of games, which that's what I asked him. I said, hey, just don't give up on me. You know, and uh, he said, I'm not giving up on you until this is over. So, did you feel like you needed to hear that in that moment? Uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, everybody needs some words of affirmation now and then. And, uh, you know, after a game like that, yeah, I would say I probably did need to hear that. So, there's Cardinals pitcher Adam Wainwright after the unfortunate result of Thursday night at Bush Stadium. Astros beating the Cardinals 14 0. Wainwright chased in the second inning of this ball game after giving up six earned runs on six hits and three walks, increasing his ERA for the season to 7.45. Yeah, it's been ugly. Offensively, the Cardinals had four hits. There's really nothing to say about their performance offensively tonight, which is why we have stuck to evaluating this Wainwright situation. And honestly, not a lot of evaluation, more about how do you feel about it? As a Cardinals fan, let me know in the YouTube comments section YouTube.com slash at Schaefer 12 If you haven't found the YouTube yet, would love to have you subscribe. If you're listening now on YouTube, I know every new video I, I send out gets a number of new viewers to the channel that have never seen it before. If that's you, would love for you to take that next step. Subscribe, click the button, like this video as well, and be along for the ride. Because I think there is going to have to come a point in this season where we do, I'm not going to say a wholesale shift, but a, a bit of a tone shift to recognize that, like, all right, having this level of daily angst about a baseball team that you don't play for, it might be unhealthy. <laughs> like, I love the passion and how invested everybody is into it. And obviously, I'm invested in so much as this is the the topic I am discussing every day. And so I am on the edge of my seat as well, waiting to see what's going to happen next that we're going to have a chance to talk about here on B-Shave Daily. But there may come a point where it's like, okay, this is affecting your mental health more than it needs to, right? Like, this Cardinals team might not be that good this year. They might just be a bad team. And it feels so... 
And like the reason I haven't gotten to that point yet, and the reason I'm, I don't talk about the team that way yet, I talk about, okay, what's the hope? What's the way that they turn it around? What are the deficiencies? And are those deficiencies possible to fix? Like we're evaluating this team as though it's a team that could still make something happen. And while that's technically true, it's getting to a point where it's like, all right, the calendar is telling us otherwise. The nightly performance on the ball field is telling us otherwise. Maybe we should just listen to all of these signs eventually and shift a little bit to talking more about 2024, talking about the long-term implications for what happens the rest of the year and how it will impact what they learn or need to learn or need to know about how to fix the damn thing so we don't do this all over again next year. Nine and a half games back, it's still mathematically possible that we would cut the cord too early. But I just think in terms of a way to sort of feel about everything, like I'll give you an example. When the St. Louis Rams were in town, and I was, I was a diehard St. Louis Rams fan growing up. They were bad for a really long time. And so like by year four or five or eight or whatever it was of them just being piss poor, if you were going into every Sunday thinking you were just shocked at the fact that they lost, like you could still be upset. You could still be heartbroken. You could still be sad the way that it happened because, oh my gosh, it was a last second touchdown. I really thought maybe they'd have a chance. But like in terms of an overarching view, you knew the St. Louis Rams weren't going to make the playoffs. Like that was the reality every year. The Cardinals are such a, they're the opposite of that because they make the playoffs every year or they at least have a winning or competitive record every year. They haven't had a losing season since 2007 and their roster is not all that different from last year. I know that they're, they have lost some key pieces and then there were some key coaching changes and maybe some rule changes that are impacting this team and this pitching staff relative uh, to, to what other teams are enduring with those same rule changes. But like, it seems like it shouldn't have gone from 90 wins or whatever they had last year and a playoff berth and a division championship to, wow, they're literally on pace after half of a year to lose 90-some-odd games. Like, that's the reality of where they are. And so because of the complete mind melt that is created by such a scenario, it feels like Cardinals fans, even though they say, oh, season's over, it's done, the angst is still on a level that's like, how is this still happening? How is this happening to the Cardinals? It's every day the emotions are high because the expectation is, we're still going to see something special this season. We're still going to see this team make a run of it, and maybe they will. But it, eventually, the reason I, I bring this up even, as I it was it came after I plugged the channel to say, hey, subscribe to the YouTube channel, because eventually I do think, regardless of what the record is, we're going to still be talking Cardinals baseball here, and we can allow ourselves some more nuance and some more of a, a, a look into evaluating the young players, evaluating what it could look like, what does the team need, how quickly could they turn it around, in terms of adding or subtracting or doing whatever they need to do with this roster. Trade deadline is going to be a huge time for the channel to discuss the ongoing uh, trade rumors and reports and the things that may actually come to fruition. And for me to maybe give a little bit of encouragement to say the light at the end of the tunnel is when the Cardinals mathematically are no longer considered contenders. Like if this does end up going south in that direction and, and continues on that path for another couple of months, eventually it's like, all right, there's no spite in it anymore. You don't have to be on this daily prowl for vengeance and blood because eventually you'll kind of go, all right, this is what it is to have a bad baseball team for a summer, and we just kind of have to to swim around in that for a little bit. And uh, I'll, I'll, I'll jump in the pool with you guys and swim. 
But we're still talking Cardinals baseball. You guys have a passion for Cardinals baseball. You love it. It is incredible to see, and it's something that's still going to continue to uh, to carry and dominate our conversation regardless of the way things go here. So if you're not feeling like this Cardinals season has been very enjoyable, take that next step to be like, all right, I'm going to hang out with B-Shafe. I'll do it multiple times a week, and through that we'll form this community that will have uh, some experiences uh, re- revolving around the team, but even when a loss happens, we can maybe try to find some joy in it and find some way to, to to gain some camaraderie. That's what I would love for this YouTube channel to be. So in addition to uh, to just hopping on board and, and letting your thoughts be known, let me know on Wainwright. How does it make you feel? I'm the, I'm the team therapist for the fan base today. You let me know how you feel about this because to me, it's an emotional thing. A lot of people might be putting out anger where – in reality, maybe I'm just sentimental, but in reality, I think it's more sad than anything. It's sad to see that Adam Wainwright, after all he's been through with the Cardinals, the idea that he wouldn't get a chance to have one more storybook moment. Like if he has X number of bad starts to where they just go, all right, or he loses faith, right? You heard him say, and, and it came from Ali Marmel that, hey, we're going to see this thing through till it's over. That's the way I think the Cardinals are going to approach it. I, I was questioning that a little bit earlier tonight before we heard those two men speak, but now that we've heard it, I think that reinforces it, and I think it's the right call. If there comes a point where the Cardinals are being held back solely by Adam Wainwright's inability to get them what they need every fifth day, all right, we'll have that conversation. But right now, I can point to a bullpen that doesn't have really anybody reliable on a consistent basis, and I don't mean like the last two weeks. Jordan Hicks has been great, but I say a sample size of three months, you don't have one guy with a sub-three or pardon me, even a sub-four ERA. You've got an offense that can get you the seven runs one day, but the next day they're like, no, you thought we were going to play today? No, no, no. Four hits, no runs. That's that's more our speed tonight. And it's just, it's a lack of consistency. It's a lack of uh, cohesion. And we've talked about those things all season long. It's a tough pill to swallow. And, and I think, you know, uh, by and large, anger, angst, fair to have about this Cardinal season. But man, when it comes to Adam Wainwright, how is that? Gonna, how is spite going to be the the emotion that runs through you when it comes to this guy? I want to see him get to 200 wins. They may not have anything else to play for. Last year, they won a division, but you you got to have the sidebar of Albert Pujols chasing 700, chasing history. It's a little bit different, a little bit of a smaller scale when it comes to Wainwright. And every fifth day, you might have a game that looks like today's game did for him. But if you do want a little bit of sunshine, I can blow a little sunshine for you. It's been those two starts. And Wainwright even said it was trending in a better direction prior to the last two, which is probably not what Cardinals fans want to hear because they'll hear that as an excuse, as a as kind of, you know, shooing away this as a legitimate problem. It's a problem. He's pitching terribly. He knows that, though. But it's just the notion that it's been two really bad ones. For the previous three weeks, it really wasn't that way for Adam Wainwright. He was not good. He wasn't great. He was just passable. And you can do a lot worse than the passable version of Wainwright. We'll see if he can at least get back to that. Give him five plus, give up three runs, and maybe your offense slugs a little bit to get you wins on those days. There will come a point where I think Cardinals fans, like the people that say the season's over, if they believed it, they wouldn't have the level of angst every day like they're going to war for this team as a fan of this team. And I respect that people feel that way. 
I think the comments of season's over is to just kind of lay that foundation for yourself as a fan to go, hey, when the season actually does prove to be over, at least I will be able to say I already told you so. But I still think people have got that hope in the back of their minds. I don't know how realistic or, or sensible that hope is to have, but just like with the Cardinals, I, I think I've got it with Adam Wayne right now. I want to see I want to see what it looks like because we love a good comeback story. We love a good triumph against all odds. Can Wayno provide that? Do you want the Cardinals to give him the chance to do that? Have I made a compelling argument for why it's kind of a deal of, ah, let's just see what happens with Adam Wainwright? Or are you so desperate to get Steven Matz or Jake Woodford back into this rotation because you really need to find out what they are before 2024 when the uh, rotation spots all open up? Which, by the way, I think we know what they are. We know what Woodford is. We know what Steven Matz is. We know. And... They're going to be what they're going to be regardless of how many starts they get this year. So that's kind of the way I see it. How do you view, view the situation surrounding Adam Wainwright? What would you do if you're the Cardinals? What's your reasoning behind that? Let me know. Sound off in the YouTube comments section on this video. Make sure to like the video and subscribe to the Brendan Schaefer St. Louis Cardinals writer YouTube channel. That's going to do it for this edition of the program, though. Appreciate you guys, as always, for listening to the show. Give me a follow on Spotify if you could as well. Be Shafe Daily is the podcast on Spotify. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of it. That's going to do it for this edition of Be Shafe Daily, and we will talk to you next time. Peace.